Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you on 1180 AM and broadcasting real time at 1180WFYL.com. Coming to you straight from the birthplace of liberty here in the greater Philadelphia area. And we continue to fight day in and day out as your voice of freedom in the Delaware Valley. I'm attorney Mike Jeremita from Jeremita Law Offices. But everybody knows me as Mike G., and you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. And you can listen to our program every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So let's be heard. You know, remind our listeners that you can participate in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas throughout the entire week. Utilizing the Mike G in the Morning social media profiles. Our Facebook profile is facebook.com slash Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our page. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. Our YouTube channel is Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our videos and subscribe. And we've also got a page on the Instantgrams website. And our screen name on that Instantgrams is Mike G in the Morning. I want to make sure that all your friends know about the Mike G in the Morning program as well. Get them tuned in. Have them listen live. Have them tune in after the fact. I want you to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mailman, tell your Uncle Jerry, tell your Amazon driver, tell Joe Biden. Wait, he won't even remember to listen. I'm sorry. I couldn't help (laughs) myself. But tell them all to tune in to Mike G in the Morning with the Law Matters Every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern on Fox News Radio, WFYL. I also want to remind our listeners of the powerhouse lineup we've got here at Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got intellectual giant Ben Shapiro bringing you the Ben Shapiro Show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got Scott Adams coming at you with the Scott Adams Show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Second Amendment advocate Dana Lash coming at you weekdays. From noon right until Ben Shapiro. And finally, we've got Michael Savage bringing you the Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So don't forget to tune in and show them some love. I want to remind everybody that this portion of the Mike G in the Morning program. I can't believe that I'm saying this. Really crazy, you know. I, uh, I'm almost embarrassed <laughs> to even say this. Yeah, I I guess I got to do it, right? Money's money. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. A sponsor's a sponsor. Their money's green. <laughs> That's right. This this portion of the Mike G in the Morning program is brought to you by Bag of Bees, your self defense solution. If you're an absolute muster-eating weenie and refuse to train yourself properly in handling a <laughs> firearm. Bag of Bees is a sandwich bag that's filled with special trained attack bees. You just carry it around with you, and you've got your self-defense covered. 
Why Bag of Bees? It's simple. Bag of Bees is one of the most reliable self-defense tools on the entire market and doesn't require you to be an evil gun owner. So don't wait. Call Bag of Bees today. And do me a favor. Don't tell them Mike G sent you. <laughs> because to be honest, I'm kind of embarrassed that I took this sponsorship money. <laughs> <laughs> For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. And with that, you know what time it is. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. You know, Chris, we've got a lot to talk about today. I want to focus in a little bit on the election. And here's the reason why. I don't know if any of our listeners are feeling this way as well, but it does not feel like it's the middle of August in an election cycle for me. I feel like at this point in time, there's typically a lot more excitement surrounding the upcoming election. You hear a lot more about things. Everybody's following things closely. But this year... It is 2020, after all. All the madness that's going on. It seems there are so many distractions that it's difficult for a lot of people to pay attention to the election or focus on what's going on. So I think that we've, uh, to some degree, neglected speaking about the upcoming election. It's almost like the president's dealing with so much at this very moment it's difficult to look a week ahead, let alone to November. Chris, do you feel that way at all? Yeah, it does. It does definitely feel strange. It doesn't feel like a normal uh, election period. But obviously, nothing about this year has been, you know, normal. It's just just pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, I want to start, and this is really what woke me up. To be honest with you, hopefully, it's a wake up call. For our listeners, we've done episodes on this program where we've spoken about what would happen if Trump did not win. Right. We had uh, 2020 without Trump. We did that one week. Um, we did a report card for President Trump. That was a, an interesting episode to hear what people thought. But there's just uh, throughout the entire presidency, it seems like it's been one thing after another. But this is something that people need to hear about. Professor... Alan Lichtman has accurately predicted the winner of the presidential election every presidential election since 1984. Now, in 2000, he predicted that Gore would win, and then supposedly he adjusted everything to uh, gear it towards the Electoral College after that. He did accurately predict that President Trump would become President Trump, despite what a lot of people said leading up to that election. But recently he came out and predicted that Donald Trump will not be reelected. His prediction is that Joe Biden will win the presidency. And there are 13 keys that he bases these predictions off of. Now, Chris, I know that you took a look into this. Do you have some of these 13 keys 
Because I'm yeah. curious to hear what he's basing this prediction off of, why he believes that Trump is going to lose, and a man who's got a, a pretty good track record. Yeah, let me, uh, I can read them off real quick. Maybe I'll do my uh, little radio voice. Uh, incumbent party mandates, uh, nomination contest, incumbency, third party, short-term economy, long-term economy, policy change, social unrest, scandal, foreign or military failure, foreign or military success, incumbent charisma, and challenger charisma. Okay, so where is he going on all of those factors? Uh, for example, like incumbent charisma. Is he saying that Trump is not a charismatic uh, yeah, you know, I was candidate. looking into this a little bit, Mike, uh, just earlier today, uh, and the thing that he had mentioned specifically regarding the charisma piece was that he does have a pretty good following in that area, obviously, as we all know, but it's not a high enough percentage. I think he said roughly about gotcha. 42%, if I remember correctly. So, like, his base, they absolutely love him, and right. he can walk out on Fifth <laughs> Avenue and shoot somebody, <laughs> as, he, as he liked to say. Uh, yeah, they, they think uh, he can pull that off, apparently. Yeah. For, for those people, but... Uh, he should get a bag for, of bees for that, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to say next. I can walk out on Fifth <laughs> Avenue with a bag of bees, right. and my I people would still love me. Charged with a felony yet for that. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Biden? Biden can't be charismatic, right? That that He couldn't have possibly said that Biden's got the charisma. Uh, yeah, he didn't mention that. You're right. As far yeah. as I could see. Yeah. He's got the charisma of a wet newspaper these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty so much. Let's go back on some of those. What about the, the military uh, stuff? What, what were those? Ca what were those? Yeah. The criteria? foreign foreign or military failure. The incumbent administration suffers no major failure in foreign or military affairs. Okay, I think it's fair to say that there's been no major failure in foreign or military affairs. Would you think that's fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think he's actually kept us out of conflict. So, you know, people were saying we were going to go to war with North Korea, and that never happened. Right. So I, I, I mean, I, if he gets in, it's going to be World War III. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if he gets in, yeah. the economy is going to go down the drain because he's an idiot. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so go, go on. Let's hear a couple of other ones. Talk. Um. Yeah, so it, it, the one he did focus on as well, well, here's the incumbent charisma. So incumbent party candidate is charismatic or a national hero. So to some he is, and obviously to others he's absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, others, I mean, they've called him everything in the book, right? A lot of things that I can't say on air. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a love or hate uh, relationship. Uh, the other thing he did mention um, was the race relations. That's something he specifically spoke about in one of the interviews I watched. And uh, obviously with the tensions right now with uh, Black Lives Matter and these other organizations they Race they were relations is one of his criterion he he felt like that was one of the major ones that's going to hold him back because yeah. i know he said something about uh civil unrest was one of the the criteria is that what you're talking about or is there one specifically for race relations it must I, i'll have to dig into he has a whole book on this so the interview and he did even mention that there's additional detail behind the 13 high level uh criteria but he specifically went on in that interview i watched to talk about the current state of relations in the in the country regarding race relations. Obviously, there's so much tension, and he feels like, even though, if you look at the facts, he's done a lot for certain segments of the population. Um, the perspective out there, the the you know 
what people believe is is not that. So that's where he seems to be lacking is the perception uh, versus reality um, is not where it needs to be. And that's now, going, putting him on the edge. Well, here, here's the the other thing, though. You talk about having civil unrest, I think, was one of the, the keys that you mentioned. Is that one that you went through? Uh, when you read through the list just a minute ago. I'm looking at him now. In, I don't in your radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't remember. No, uh, incumbent party mandate, nomination contest, incumbency, third party, uh, the economy, policy change, social unrest. Is that what you're saying? Social unrest. Yeah, okay. sorry. So, so social unrest. Now, this is an interesting one for me because I could understand how social unrest would typically be a bad thing for a sitting president and people would look at that and say, look at what a terrible job you've done. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in ruins right? and we don't want to be in ruins. Right. It makes total sense. It would seem that if a trend in that regard, were going to change. It would be now. Right. Because this is what I'm seeing differently about this situation as opposed to, I don't want to say a typical social unrest situation, but uh, the ones that we've seen in the past, sure. Trump's reaction to uh, the pandemic and the riots and the looting and everything that we've seen in that regard has been to not interject himself on the state and local level if he's not asked for help. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, it's interesting because when I go out in the community and talk to folks who are, you know, more left or, you know, liberal, they really don't perceive it that way. They believe that, I don't know that they fully understand the difference between the state and the federal level, hmm. and they think that he should have stopped it. So, you know, maybe sometimes he needs to do a better job of that. But, of course, if you're watching certain uh-huh. networks, they're giving people the impression that this is all his fault. When... Hmm. I think if you look at the facts, you and I would probably agree that the Democratic cities are having the issues because they're not stopping it. Like when I was in the city during the riots here, the police, I don't blame the police, but they were basically told to stand down and they were not Mm -hmm. interjecting themselves and and stopping it. Right. So, yeah. And that's a there's a big difference between saying, okay, I'm not going to give you this help if you don't want this help. And of course, the, the leaders of these cities, these Democrat cities, all have Trump derangement syndrome, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we uh-huh. don't want your uh-huh. stupid help. Stay, go away. <laughs> right, go away, exactly. orange man. <laughs> <laughs> so they, yeah, these, so uh, these cities, cities literally burning down. Yeah, and and they don't want to military. accept help from the orange man, right? They don't want to accept That's help right. from the orange man. So let it burn down. No. So Trump seems to be saying, okay, you know, you don't want my, okay. And, right, yeah. And if people and they want to, you know, I think they that. thought he would just go in and do it. Oh, sorry. What's up? Yeah, I was saying if people were to recognize that, then I think it would have the opposite effect than it usually would. Right. But yeah, you totally. bring up a very good point that even if what we're saying is true, what really matters is whether people actually recognize that. So I know you said that you're talking to more liberal people or, or people who lean left. But what right. about? People who are perhaps undecided or can go either way, are they seeing it as, wow, Trump really should have 
stepped in, not realizing that you don't just, you can just force your way into these cities, right? Get out of the way! Right, right. <laughs> what they do when he does? They do send the the federal government any capacity, even when it came down to protecting the federal courthouse. Everybody right. gets in arms. Oh, how dare they send these federal agents in? Exactly. Uh, look yeah. at what they're doing over here. They're getting involved, and they don't right, need to right. be involved when all they were doing is protecting the federal courthouse. I mean, that's. That's a very small sliver of uh, the grand scheme of things. So I don't know how they expect him to, to jump in and get more involved. Um, but I wonder if the average person on the street recognizes that, recognizes that, okay, you've got these Democrat leaders at the state and local level who are not doing a good job, obviously. If, if there is social unrest and there's a problem with that, then uh, they're not doing a very good job at fixing it. And number two... Whether they realize that these people are refusing the help of Trump or are they just saying, you know, well, there's a problem and Trump's the president. So the problem must be something of his doing. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's a real catch 22 for him because they feel like he should stop it. But he, if he goes in and does it without being asked, then they're going to you know, claim it's excessive. Right. I mean, they're even calling these National Guardsmen uh, or the local federal police might be a better way to put it. Um you know, military personnel and things of that nature when they're not. The National Guard is, but they haven't been deployed the same way. It's the the federal police is my understanding. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that as far as people not realizing what he's doing because it just seems so obvious to me. It seems very obvious. Well, you're, you're intelligent. Right, <laughs> not to you know what i mean like you have some common sense mike yeah, yeah but i feel like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that it's these democrat cities that are failing and these democrat cities are having all of these problems and uh, absolutely you know, and i think people are leadership is at fault. And why would these people could i mean it blows my mind how right. you have these issues in these cities for decades, right? We brought up that stat when Kathy Barnett was on about uh, these cities that Venezuela said was too dangerous for their citizens to yeah, visit. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and I think uh, all but one were Democrat run for at least 10 or 20 years. Um, you know, Some of them going back to 100 years. Uh, there's a little bit of a pattern. Right. A little bit of a pattern with what happens to these cities. But they continue to uh, elect the same leadership. They put the same party in power over and over again, decades upon decades. And even in these cities where you're having issues with the police, well, if you've got Democrats in power over there, then surely it should have been taken care of already, right? Because right, yeah, if they're going to fix everything, <laughs> if they're going to fix everything, you expect them to fix everything. Then right. Why are we having this problem in the first place? Um, well, uh, you know, I, I actually was in the car the other day uh, and and had the opportunity to go through Kensington here in Philadelphia. I can't imagine too many of our listeners uh, live over that way. But if you do live over that way, uh, you know, I, I think you would agree that there's a real problem. I mean, you can go over there any day of the week and see people basically living out on the sidewalk, you know, shooting heroin in their arm. They got mattresses. There's groups of people, tents, you know, they're dirty and they're like zombies. And that's happening in quite a few of the larger democratic controlled cities. And it's been going on a long time and it only appears to be getting worse. 
Uh, and I think the fentanyl and some of these narcotics are coming in from China, as Trump has shared with us. Mm. And it's a mess. Like, how is that not being fixed, especially right now when we're going through a pandemic? You know what I mean? It's just it's worse than third world countries from what I've seen over there. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I went to that event with Donald Trump Jr. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. How was that? It was a good event. Guy, guy speaks real well. Um, you could tell that he's a lot more comfortable speaking for long periods of time than he was, say, in 2015 or even 2016. Uh, yeah. R- really, really engaging speaker. Interesting to listen to. But he was talking about how uh, Hunter Biden had all this money from the Chinese government in his fund How could you possibly expect Joe Biden to go out there and be tough on China in the aftermath? Right. I mean, this is the same guy that that uh, demanded that the prosecutor, the guy who was looking into his son over in Ukraine. Right. He demanded that the prosecutor be fired, right? Yeah, yeah. He bragged about it, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) Quid pro quo Joe. So the same guy did that. What do you think is going to happen with the Chinese government? Is he going to go toe-to-toe with them? Do you think that's possible? It doesn't seem like it. You know, it seems like they want to be very friendly with them and and, and allow them to continue to take advantage of, uh, you know, the, the trade between our countries and other countries that's what it looks like they would go right back to that i believe yeah there's there's a lot going on we got to really start to get on the ball with this election here you need to be telling everybody you know that it's important to vote because another thing that uh donald jr mentioned is that people are saying the elections in november well a lot of people through the mailing processes are starting to vote very very soon so it's not like, you know, we've got until November. It's we've got we've got till now. <laughs> people right, people right. need to get on the top of this stuff right now. So people might be voting without even seeing a debate. Can you imagine that? Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I guess we're living in the new normal. Mm. I hate that phrase. Hey, I know, if, you, if you give me a bunch of phrases that I would never hear again, new normal is one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't like the sound of social distancing. I don't know. There's something about it that irks me. Not to say that the, the practice is bad or anything like that if you gotta keep your your family safe, but I just sure, don't sure. like I don't like the sound of it. But new normal gets you on that. This is a new normal. Right, right. <laughs> I don't agree with the well, new normal. It's, it's like the response to it's the response to to everything, isn't it? Yeah. I'd rather have the old normal. And the, give me the old normal, right? <laughs> 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 Let's go back to the old normal around. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, the, the other one is like uh, the these are uh, what, what do they say about the times? They they throw something in there. These are uncertain times. Right. They're, they're, right, that, right. They're, yeah, they're always yeah. saying these yeah. are uncertain times. It's like, past, all right. Everybody's saying the same three phrases over and over again. <laughs> Knock it off. Will you <laughs> come up with something original? Why don't you? Absolutely. So we've got some news on the election front. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. We said that people are going to start to vote by the processes involved with mail very soon. So that's important. What do you think about this whole push for people to vote by mail? Well, you know, to me, based on what I've seen out there, it seems uh, quite problematic. There are uh, multiple occurrences of uh, fraud in the voting system through through the mail. 
And uh, I've noticed personally, and I've Chuck talked- was saying that somebody got a got an application for a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that see was see that me. interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, so this yeah, is the, HB, the one that they put on HBO. You know that interview with Trump? Did you see that one? The one that I'm talking I don't know about? If I saw he that said one. something about a dog. Um, I heard about it. I didn't see it on though, HBO. Man. This okay. kid, this kid was so smug and disrespectful to Trump. I would have slapped the lips off of his face <laughs> if I were President Trump. <laughs> and not to say that you're not allowed to challenge the president or ask tough questions or or disagree, but the, his attitude was just so disrespectful and condescending that I don't know. I actually commend Trump for not sla- reaching over and slapping the guy because you know he wanted to do it. Check out yeah. that. If you haven't seen Axios on, on HBO, uh, President Trump did an interview on there with. I saw parts of it, but I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah, the, that. Uh, yeah, he was making all kinds of facial stuff to him too. He was right, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah, yeah. You know, everything, everything that he said is just uh, had a a snarky kind of response, whether it was you know verbally or non-verbally, just. Yeah, it was very combative. Like he, he just he wasn't going to let him. Certainly, cert- he wasn't certainly out to give a fair shake. But right, anyway, hats off to to President Trump for for not reaching over and slapping the guy. Uh, but Trump. when when he was talking about uh, the fraud taking place, there's problems. I think even beyond that at this point. I mean, have you seen the state of the post office right now? Uh, yeah, I personally had some problems. Um, I was waiting for an important piece of mail, and it actually has been almost three weeks now. I finally Oh, I've had multiple, and- multiple things take over three weeks. I've had people call me saying, hey, you know, I haven't heard back from you after I sent that thing. I'm like, sent what thing? I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, um, it's happening all over this. Didn't you say that you mentioned briefly you got into a discussion with a postal worker? I did actually. I was at the post office uh, uh, last week and ha- you know having some problems and was trying to talk to the folks in the post office. And after I left, I was uh, near the post office and bumped into a mail carrier who was actually out on his route. And I just got into a conversation with him, and he said that quite a few folks are are just not coming into work. They're calling out, so they're shorthanded. And then I guess with the new uh, postmaster, there's been some changes, and of course Trump's getting blamed for that. Um, but I did notice that it could be a funding issue The the bill that the Democrats just held up here for the stimulus had some funds in there to take care of some of the, the increased load on the post office, but because it didn't get put through, obviously that didn't happen. Um, I, and from what I uh, learned from the postal worker, it sounded like people were, uh, afraid of handling the mail. So some of the postal workers are not, um, coming to work because they're afraid of picking up the coronavirus off the mail, which obviously is been in contact with quite a few people so that if from that wow. one point of source that that sounds to be part of the issue of course it's uh, just one individual but they seem to know what's going on over there and um i've talked to quite a few people who have had delays like yourself and myself and other people so so yeah but i don't know exactly i thought they said that you can't catch the coronavirus off of surfaces anymore oh they changed that again <laughs> they changed it back so, did, did, did they yeah, really yeah. say you're not kidding you're kidding I, I don't i don't think i am i don't know i gave up uh, on really trying to keep track of it, <laughs> keep changing it so. let's see let's yeah. flip a coin right, right. <laughs> yeah heads it's Stays on services, tails it doesn't. <laughs> exactly. Heads is mask, tails is no mask. <laughs> I did look into some, uh, if you want me to give a quick update, I was looking into some facts.
facts about the virus itself and uh, some statistics. Uh, that uh, just fa- I, I, you use the yeah. term facts uh, loosely. loosely. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't, let me know if you want me to get into that at some point. Uh, uh, go but, ahead. Hurry up. All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I did find this interesting, uh, if it is accurate, but it says 85 years of age and older, just uh, 3.2% of the U.S. population um, but that, that equals one third of the deaths. So what I'm getting at is one third of the, the deaths that are being reported are from folks who are 85 years uh, of age or older. Mm. Um, if you look at 75 or older, um, which is 7% of the U S population, that's, uh, 59%, uh, of the deaths. So it's really heavy weighted toward the older age. And when you get down, uh, to some of the younger ages, deaths don't even register a percentage between the ages of 15 and 24. So where I'm getting at, and there's some additional numbers there, but people can go out and look at that. It'd it be coming more evident that, um, well, you know, what the, do you think a, a guy like Cuomo are, who supposedly sent these COVID people back into nursing homes, what kind of impact do you think that has on the number? Right. I mean, I, well, I care deeply for, for the elderly, now, but yeah. absolutely. And, and in New Jersey and New York, as you just mentioned, uh, some of the, highest death rates by percentage in the country were in those states, in those elder care facilities, because they forced them back in. Um, I think we might have talked about that on the show a while ago where they were, you know, making them stay in the nursing homes. And, you know, even if they went home, they were coming back and the family couldn't see them. A lot of the deaths come from there, although we've talked about the fact that the death certificates are not accurate. And I've had personal experiences, even in my own family, where a family member passed away and they put it on the death certificate, even though that wasn't the cause of death. They had it. They recovered. But they still somehow ended up on the death certificate, which I think goes back to some of the financials. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I don't know how much I trust Mm -hmm. any of these numbers, but, um, you know, it does seem like they're just trying to push the, the fear narrative and keep the economy closed down until until the election, you know partially my personal opinion there, but also the opinion of others out there uh, who are talking about this stuff. So who knows? Yeah, this is real shame, real shame. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel, feel bad for the people who got stuck in those nursing homes in those situations. It's, that's horrible to think about. Yeah, it's horrible. Absolutely, absolutely horrible. But anyway, getting back to the, the post office, you're saying the people afraid of handling the mail, so uh, they're dealing with issues on that front. And so just stuff is just not getting done. It's just they're that far backed up. I mean, I remember hearing a yeah. story. You want to hear this is a good one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years back. Some somebody might remember this might have been last year. Our listeners might remember this. There was a FedEx guy who got caught uh, taking packages and half of them he would take home for himself and the other half, he was just throwing in a ditch. So he must have like opened it up, see, do I want this or not want this? And if he liked it, he would take it home. Uh, if he didn't like it, he would throw it in a ditch. They found all these all these packages laying in a ditch somewhere. And wow. very, very funny, good buddy of mine uh, sent me yeah. a box of cigars by, by way of FedEx. And he's like, oh, okay. And I, I well... I had never thanked him, <laughs> and he's like wondering, "Wow, you know that guy is really—he's become a jerk since. You know, he gets gets his own radio show. He becomes a real Got jerk. A big huh? head over there, yeah. 
And then he kind of like, I forget exactly what he said. Get anything in the, the, the from FedEx lately? And I was just like, no, what are you talking about? Right, right. And so he started looking into it. And it turns out that these cigars never made it to me. Oh, man. And they happen to be on the route <laughs> where this guy got busted on all this stuff. So really? if that guy was a cigar smoker, then he enjoyed some very fine cigars. My buddy was buying. And uh, if if he didn't like cigars, then they're in a ditch somewhere. So we ought to go take a look for him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm at the post office, I'm going to go out back and take there a look. There you go. Are you going to find my cigars sitting back there? That's funny. They did uh, say at the counter because I went up and checked because uh, my post office box had been empty for a couple days and the uh, girl working at the counter actually mentioned that they were told specifically for the first time in her history working at the post office not even to deliver the regular mail even though just some of it was deliver. there. Yeah, just to focus on the packages, you know, like any Get of the out. priority packages and any packages. And, and I, you know, I guess I can understand to some degree only because they're overwhelmed right now due to the fact that you know, malls are failing, malls are closing, regular stores, unfortunately, and it's horrible. A lot of small family-owned businesses in the area, we, well, we, we see them still get I mean, we're, we're just not going to get letters? <laughs> yeah, they're just going to hang on for a while. If it's not yeah. a package... I well, mean, first people, class is now okay. third class, and the packages are like first class, and then there's a new second class, which they're not going to de- deal with yet. So, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's horrible what's going on. I mean, how are you supposed to run a law firm, like you just mentioned earlier, when you can't get legal paperwork from your from your clients right well, well sure and you know think about other people you're talking about uh, businesses and the economy and everything i mean people get checks in the mail don't they <laughs> they're supposed to that's, that's yeah, the yeah. Thing, right i know a lot of people go to direct deposit but i'm sure there are some people depending on checks coming in the mail and those are typically in an envelope they're not in a package of any kind they're probably with uh, the change wherever the change is right <laughs> Yeah, right. You're being kept the change. Um, Elvis Presley and Jim Morrison are counting them, right? (laughs) I saw some quarters the other day. It was exciting. Who else is supposed to still be alive? That that uh, you know, who else is uh, faking death? Jackson, I think. Michael Jackson, (laughs) Tupac Shakur, right? Right. right. (laughs) They they got all the change and all the envelopes. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere it's probably with your cigars. Well, well, think about it like this. I thought the post office was bad before, and I would often use that as an example of this is why we can't trust the government to, to run things. Yeah. Because you know, it always seemed like you're waiting on a line out the door, and you're sitting there, and you know they got to go on their breaks when they go on their breaks. Sure. But, uh, you know, looking to see what we've got now, and as a matter of fact, I think on our episode where we discussed the death penalty, I said, I can't even trust the federal government to to mail a letter on our behalf. You know, I can't trust them right, to run the right. post office. We're going to start putting uh, capital punishment in the hands of the government. That That's that's the thing that scares me about it. Although yeah. usually that's done on the state level. But anyhow, when you look at how unreliable it's become, does that just add to the notion that we shouldn't be uh, doing things this election predominantly by mail? Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's, you know, from what I've seen, it does appear that, you know, there is, there are examples of real fraud. You know, Trump has talked about it in the media. I'm sure our listeners have, have seen some of that. I've looked some of them up. You know, there are legitimate cases. There was one here in Philly. There was one in Jersey. There's other ones. But, you know, I think the problem is the perception again right now, because I don't know really whose fault this is. 
I mean, Trump, I guess, did uh, appoint a new uh, postal master, but that person should be responsible to keep the mail going, although there's more packages. So what is the source? You know, what's the root cause, I guess, is what we would say um, when we analyze something like that. But, uh, you know, he's getting blamed for it, I think, either way. Unfortunately, Uh, Chris, let's try to think of a few things that you wouldn't want to do by mail, right? (laughs) Yes. I I don't think they're going to let us buy guns by mail, right? Unless Amazon starts selling them, maybe. No, no, no. But (laughs) if mail is that reliable, if this is all, if we could do the the, the voting thing through the mail and there's no Mm -hmm. issues and there's not going to be any problems with fraud, certainly... Um, they'll be okay with us purchasing firearms by mail from here on out, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they're equally important. They're both yeah. uh, constitutional uh, rights. So, yeah. yeah. I guess we were supposed to say things we wouldn't want to do by mail. That is something I, uh, although my wife would probably change the locks on me because <laughs> if I didn't even have to leave my house. <laughs> Could you imagine that, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a new business idea, well, startup like, uh, uh, gun well, is on or something. A gun is on. What else would people generally not want to trust with the mail? Um, well, let's see. What else? Uh, what about like a lottery ticket, right? You got the winning lottery ticket. You're going to send yeah, that in right. by mail? Or what are you uh, gonna... I would uh, put it in a secure box and drive straight to Harrisburg, right? Is that where you need to go in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg? <laughs> it's a good question. Unfortunately, yeah. I've never won the lottery yet. So. <laughs> yeah, right. So... We've got to work that out, yeah. So still I gotta, working. yeah, still working on that. I'll let you know where it is. I probably won't let you know. You know but what, what happened to that Mike guy? No, I, I think I would continue to do this this show. This is it's so much fun. But uh, <laughs> what what else would you not want to do by mail? You got to be able to come with, come up with something, Billy Chris. You know, I'm beating yeah, to, to nothing. You stumping me for a little bit. Well, maybe <laughs> medical information, things of that nature, real private, you know, personal information, I guess. Right, a lot of people don't don't send that kind of thing by mail. Yeah. Right. The bottom line is that if if we could trust, let's say, let's say you were, uh, you know, buying a house or something, would you put all the would all that be in the mail, or do you generally have a closing where everybody gets together in person? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. They generally <laughs> want. To, I've I've gone through that process. It's generally in person. I'd prefer to do it in person. Yeah. It seems like there are quite a few things that if. There is importance and reliability. That well, yeah, that's I've never now, really. Right? I've always because it's, it's either reliable or it isn't. It's either the, reliable past, or it isn't. If it is so reliable, like they're saying, then why do we have the guns? Uh, the guns issue, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what were we saying in the past? Well, in the past, I've had pretty good faith that when I mailed something, the other person would receive it. I mean, we've all probably had occurrences in our life when something got misplaced, whether we sent it or received it, or you open your mailbox and you got you know your neighbor's mail. But because it is a manual process, it's going to happen. But it seems like it's been reasonably reliable and accurate. But right now, it's it's like I've never seen it. Um, but the, yeah, the issue is that it's twofold. Like you said, you got the, the issue with, is it going to get there? And right. then it, it, are people going to use it for the purposes, uh, for fraudulent purposes? And I would think that that's why the gun control people don't want firearms being sold and transferred by way of mail. Sure. Because of the opportunity for fraudulent transfers, Right. This person, person not not to possess and, and he's getting one by mail because he's defrauding somebody. I'd, I'd assume that they their gripe is not that 
the gun might not get there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, or the right. paperwork might not get there. I don't think they care if the gun doesn't get there, but uh, it would seem that they have some kind of an issue with reliability. So if it's not reliability, reliable for that, then how could you at the same time say that it's reliable for the purposes of voting? And I know that there uh, long has been a process to uh, vote by mail for absentee ballots and things of that nature, right? Yes. Uh, but but they're really trying to ramp this up. Typically, that's a, a smaller percentage. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they get their way, um, if they're able to get out there and vote often, as they like to say, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Multiple votes. And, you know, like you said, somebody got one for their dog. So that should be interesting. Yeah. It's it's crazy that they have these problems with the, the, the why they ask these questions. Why are we um, opposing doing this by mail? Or they'll they'll say, why do you feel the need to demand identification in order to vote yet? And the gun debate. Uh, that right. would they, that he, <laughs> they like wouldn't the dare. Yeah, they, right, yeah. they wouldn't dare say, yeah. oh, "How dare you ask for ID?" <laughs> and when the guy is buying a gun or asks that he shows up in person, it's like, "What are you talking about?" Right? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the two complete opposites. They they want okay. Maybe we uh, could propose like a background check before you get your mail. Yeah, uh, right, exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you got to get a back you know, check. It, right. it just it blows my mind. They say, well, for, for voting, for that constitutional right, no, you can't ask for ID, and no, you cr- can't require them to be there in person. But for firearms, you know, it, wouldn't, it would never cross their mind to say, oh, well, we, we really shouldn't be asking them to show up in person and present ID. That's that's oppressive, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, it is oppressive, so get rid of it for all of it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you got yeah, to be consistent, though. I, I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't have it both ways! <laughs> no, but so they want it that way. What else we got on there. tap, Philly, Chris? I guess we've got a, a vice presidential nominee here. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, Kamala. Mm-hmm. Quite, quite See, interesting. You're right going to get in trouble just like our, our brother on our uh, you know, television affiliate, Tucker Carlson, and got chewed out for, for calling her what you just said, Kamala. Oh, no, no, what did you say? You said Kamala? I, you I said think Kamala? I did. I don't know. I always did. It's I hear it different ways, so I'm not exactly sure what I the right word is. I can't even remember. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't even yeah. remember the, the way you, you pronounced it now. Maybe, maybe Kamala, I was wrong. Kamala, Camellia. How many old Italian ladies are going to call her Carmella, right? Right, Carmella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Soprano <laughs> reference, right? Uh, well, well, that was my great-grandmother's name. That's actually oh, a real oh. Italian name, Chris. Oh, it's not, not just in the movies. You sound like... <laughs> uh, well, I remember those days from New York, yeah. Speaking of, before we get too, further, too, too much further on this, I do want to bring this up. I got a... Speaking of, um, you know, people seeing things in the movies and and being removed to some degree from reality, I got a an email this week about oh, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? About me? I did. Somebody oh. was wrote in about you. Oh, interesting. Okay. They said that they enjoyed. Is this gonna hurt? Oh, this is gonna it's hurt. Not, it's not. It's not gonna hurt. It's actually <laughs> an interesting question. Oh, okay. Uh, I gave a response to the best of my ability. You can feel free to to add upon it. Okay. Because I'm sure that the person's listening. Sure. Uh, they said, love the show. 
How come Philly Chris doesn't have a Philly accent? It's <laughs> 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 pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So, so I, I explained that uh, you grew up in New Hampshire, and right. uh, you know you moved here when you were in your were you in your twenties at that point, or? Yeah, I moved here when I was twenty. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly twenty. Exactly twenty. Yeah, 20 yeah. He grew up in New Hampshire. He moved here when he's in his twenties. Interesting point. Um, uh, we love him. So if you have anything to add to that response, uh, go ahead. Now's your time. Why? Why doesn't Philly Chris have a Philly accent? Because you. I mean, I, I don't want to call you out on your age or anything like that, but you've been here longer than you've not been here, right? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, coming up on 50. So yeah, I've been here almost 30 years. Crazy to think about. Mm. Uh, that's amazing. I thought you were a hundred. No, I'm well, just... yeah, I look pretty good for that. <laughs> <I'm just though>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I don't want to make it to a hundred. It look, look great. They look great. Um, wish, but thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did have a Boston accent when I was uh, young because I was born in Boston. Then, yeah, I went to New England and then came here. But uh, maybe I'll work on that, though. I'll see if I can do a Philly accent next time or something. Make a Philly accent. I feel like people expect everybody in Philadelphia to sound like almost like that stereotypical Brooklyn Italian supposed to sound like. You've got the Philadelphia where there's right. a, a few things they say a little bit differently over in Philadelphia, I've noticed. Yeah, uh, different areas, too, actually have a little bit of a different uh, sound. Yeah. Like I've noticed that in Brooklyn, the word is family, right? We say family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the way they say it in other parts of the country, but I noticed that in Philadelphia, although we say a lot of words similarly, they say family. Did you family. notice that, Philly Chris? Family. They, they, they don't say family. Right, yeah. That is another, uh, another subtle. Thing is the word home, especially in the, the greater Philadelphia area, some parts of Monco and stuff, they say home. You know, oh, yeah, right. Yep. Going home to my family. <laughs> uh, anyway, I digress. Going back to uh, Kamala Harris, the Carmela Harris. You know, hey, people, uh, Tucker Carlson said it apparently the wrong way. And somebody got on him about that saying, you know, she's, she's the vice presidential nominee. You ought to give her more respect and say her name properly. Listen, oh, my goodness. My last name's Jeremita. <laughs> now I feel butchered my last name. Do you think I get mad at them when they butcher my last name? And I've heard I, you called so many different things. So <laughs> many different things by people who know me for a long, long time. Uh, right. The funniest thing is to like prank my uncles and stuff like that. You know, give them a call from a block number. Hi, is uh, this Mr. Grammatica? This <laughs> 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 totally butchered it, but. The point is, when you've got an unconventional name, you understand. You know, people didn't grow up reading about Jeremiah in books just the way they didn't grow up reading about Kamala in right. books or hearing this stuff all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's not a real common name. I mean, it's, right. G- uh, give pe- yeah, yeah, cut people some slack as long as they're not doing it intentionally the way I was doing it before, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're not being mean-spirited about it the way I was before, then it's okay. <laughs> oh, to- totally, totally insane. It, it just goes to show how you can can't really say anything anymore right it's not even about that's not even a substantial criticism you're not even talking about something substantive it's just that you you didn't say your name the right way that's no good either yeah yeah no it's uh you 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 know get uh, criticized for anything what's the deal with her i remember people getting on her during the debates for 
Number one, the fact that she prosecuted drug crimes real hard, and mm-hmm. that is not cool for uh, Democrats, apparently. Right. Uh, another thing is that uh, I remember her having some scuffles with Joe Biden, don't you? I thought I remembered them. Uh, yeah, she really had quite a few, I believe, yeah. Hey, Ross, actually, don't we have a uh, clip of her? Yes, we do. Excellent. I do not Thank believe you. you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. Look, everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. And those civil rights, by the way, include not just only African-Americans, but the LGBT community. But Vice President Biden, do you agree today? Do you agree today? that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then. Do you agree? I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I opposed. Well, there was a failure of of states to to integrate public schools in America. I was part of the the, second class to integrate Berkeley, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was a local decision. So that's where the federal government must step in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because there are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. Wow. So what I heard, Philly Chris, is, hey, Mr. Biden, you certainly deserve to be the next president of the United (laughs) States. You're totally qualified and you're the best guy for the job, right? Right. That sounds like what she was saying. Uh, That is outrageous. Absolutely. Hey, yeah, they uh, how how are they going to how are they going to explain that one? <laughs> um, well, you know, yesterday when I was watching them together for the first time on stage there, they they were calling each other family and, you know, just super happy <laughs> and hugging each other. It was wonderful. I guess some families, fun. right? I guess some families yeah. act like that on Thanksgiving, <laughs> right. especially if somebody gets a few wines in them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the next thing you're rolling around the rolling around on the lawn fighting each other (laughs) right right and they're making up and you know running for the presidency and vice presidency yeah uh, i I thought that was just my family (laughs) (laughs) no that's most families yeah (laughs) oh good that 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 was pretty hardcore though wasn't it they go them going back and forth like that uh the things that she was saying this this is some uh pretty uh serious uh, attacks aren't they yeah, well, it's a pretty surprising that she would basically call him a racist, and I think she also made some uh, hey, comments in the, the past thing. about. Somebody came out yeah. and actually said so, uh, that uh, oh, one of, the, one of these liberal regs. I'm not even going to mention it. Um, they say fact check fa- fact checks on Trump's campaign. Kamala Harris never called Biden racist. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't exactly say the word itself. No. Yeah. Well, Mike, Some Chris, implications there, though. Yes. If I, if I could shove my uh, my words in here, um, we love it when you do that. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it, in the beginning of the clip, she says 
uh, I'm not calling you a racist. And then she goes on to basically power through calling him a racist without using the word racist. Right. Um, right. You know, yeah. why did you oppose the busing? And I was among the first uh, to or uh, she was like the second bus to integrate or whatever. And, uh, you know, she basically said, I'm not calling you a racist, but here's my backhanded way of calling you a racist. <laughs> here's all the evidence that, Pretty much. that you're a racist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goodness. That's like uh, it, the article saying that never call the racist is almost like, well, I, 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 technically you're not not wrong, right? Uh, right. Maybe somebody's. You know, years ago, uh, my cousin's husband found out that she had done something that wasn't exactly bright and said, why would you do that? You're acting stupid. <laughs> and she flipped out. on. She absolutely flipped out on. You called me stupid. He said, no, no, no. I, I didn't say you're stupid. I said, you're acting stupid. And of course, that wasn't going to fly, right? <laughs> and that, my friends, is why his nickname is Knucklehead. <laughs> Gotta be careful with your words, right? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So You know that Biden actually did say something years ago. They've got this quote. And if Trump had said this, this would be all over the news would be over. Um, but apparently in some kind of congressional hearing, he said that he wanted to ensure that there was an orderly integration of society. Uh, this is when they're talking about the busing, the desegregation. Yeah. And he said, unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle oh, yes, being right. a racial jungle. The jungle right. being a racial jungle with tensions having built so high that right. it's going to explode at some point. We have got to make some move on this. Could you imagine? And I don't think enough people know about this. Frankly, I don't. I don't. There. I, I don't. You're right. Yeah. See it being pushed out on the news over there. Joe Biden literally said, "If you desegregate schools, it will be a racial jungle." Are you kidding yeah. me? I don't want my children to grow up in a racial up. jungle. That's absolutely insane. I I just can't believe that uh, people let this kind of stuff slide for one party and uh, try to right. twist, absolutely twist as much as they can things. For opposing parties. Well, wasn't it just this past year, not long ago, where he basically said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black, too? Right? Oh, yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I know that you got elected, the, elected the king of... Uh, <laughs> right. Goodness. Apparently he can change your race, I guess. Uh, right. Well, Maybe he should be president, then, if he can do that. I don't know. But I want to say something serious for our listeners before we go. The uh, the most important thing is that uh, we have people running for the office of the presidency, president and vice president ticket, who absolutely do not believe in our Second Amendment and people whose mission it will become to diminish our gun rights and make them essentially unrecognizable. It is of the utmost importance that we start taking this seriously now. Not yesterday, now. If you value gun rights at all, we need to start paying attention 
And we need to start doing, and this is something that Trump Jr. said, I, I found it amazing. He said, we need to start doing today what we would do the day after the election if we had lost. Basically, if you lost the election, what would you wake up saying, I wish I would have done, right? Or I could have done. You need to right. start doing that now, period. That's all the time we've got for today. Stick around for We the People, The Constitution Matters. Pastor David Whitney, Professor Phil Duffy, I'll be joining as your legal analyst. Stay safe and God bless, folks. We miss you, little Ellie. Daddy loves you.